welcome back. My name's Stephanie Bond. Today I'll introduce myself as Microlink's new co-host and share some of the challenges that I faced as a student. Later in this episode, we will hear about how BCIT has adapted to COVID-19 during an interview between my co-host Jonah and BCIT's president, Kathy Kinlock. While post-secondary is usually remembered as a fun and free time in life, there are a lot of challenges that students face. Many of us are adjusting to a new lifestyle, trying to make personal and professional connections, and attempting to keep up with a heavy course load. Juggling all of these commitments doesn't leave us with a lot of time to relax, let alone recognize problems that are building up. I'm not sure about you, but if I can hit snooze on a problem, my fingers are instinctively reaching for that button before my brain has even recognized that an issue exists. Unfortunately, each and every single time that I hit snooze, I'm giving my issues a few more moments to get stronger. Before I know it, problems that I haven't even registered close in on me. How am I supposed to concentrate on an upcoming exam when I can't focus for longer than 30 seconds? Recognizing my setbacks and being okay with letting myself struggle has helped. Once I've admitted that I'm struggling, it's easier to plan how to manage my life. Sometimes, recognition can even help me proactively plan for when things might get worse. But it's hard to be proactive. We live in a society that operates reactively. We don't like to change systems until they're obsolete. We don't like to see doctors until we're sick. And we don't like to study until the night before the exam, right? <laughs> Since you're still listening to me, let's take a minute to proactively address our issues. Obviously not all of them. Nobody has time for that. I want you to think about one common problem that arises when you're in high stress situations. Mine is communication. The more stressed out I am, the more worser my communicate. <sighs> Words are hard. This inability to communicate always tends to snowball my stress. I shut down and stop reaching out for help. The solution to this problem might seem obvious. Say something before I'm stressed. <laughs> Uh, doesn't work for me. Why? I can't predict the future. One week, all of my commitments are happily balanced. The next, they're screaming for my immediate attention. How am I supposed to deal with this? In all honesty, I'm still figuring it out. Something that has helped is implementing an imperfect solution. For example, Instead of pressuring myself to become an excellent communicator that predicts setbacks and preemptively informs every stakeholder of my life, I strive to update one other person. And I don't give myself a hard time if I forget to reach out. Originally, I tried staying accountable to just myself, but this solution didn't work for me. While I did benefit from setting and reflecting regularly on my goals, I closed myself off to others. When I started checking in with someone else, it brought a higher level of accountability and introduced me to an additional perspective that was kinder than my inner voice. Okay, I'm hoping that your takeaway from today's rant is that recognizing 
and proactively addressing your problems is difficult, but not impossible. Please take some time to reflect on your reoccurring stressors and implement a manageable plan. Thank you for listening to me talk through my own problems. And with that, I'll pass you over to Jonah for our Kathy Kinlock interview. Thanks so much, Stephanie. And thank you, President Kinlock, for joining us. Obviously, as president, you have a large purview. Uh dealing with a number of different issues and matters on campus. Um, but obviously with the pandemic, what has been the main focus and the kind of the shift within your work over the last year? Well, it, you're right. It's been a, a shift in focus over this last year for sure. And uh, my main focus has been that of keeping the community safe. So that means faculty and staff and, and obviously students as well. Uh, so that we don't have a, a viral spread of COVID within the BCIT uh, community. And as well, ensuring that we've got, at the same time, we're continuing to deliver our strong educational programs and not have them disrupted as well. And I'm very proud of the community, how people have leaned in and uh, particularly the faculty uh, have just given it their all to make sure that, that, that that's happened. And, Fortunately, we've been um, we've not been uh, the the recipient of an outbreak, a large outbreak. Indeed, uh, I think that's probably the biggest success that we haven't had a, a large right. outbreak at um, BCIT. Um, but besides that, what what have what has have you seen as a particular success uh, in your work or in uh, the community, just in terms of how we've adapted or responded to what's going on? Yeah, well, uh, number one would be the collaboration and the uh, teams coming together and, and groups that maybe didn't know each other very well in terms of uh, uh, our IT area uh, has been, you know, um, significantly affected in a positive way. They've stood up and they've really had to deliver uh, online learning um, mechanisms and we're, and one of the advantages of that is that we'll continue on in that regard. So many of the changes that we've made and that people have, have come forward with suggestions and or changes, we'll, we'll likely continue them maybe in a bit different format following all of uh, when COVID does eventually subside. So many learnings um, and shared learnings. It's not just that departments on their own and uh, feedback from students along the way as well as to what's working and what's not and, and, uh, and faculty adjusting accordingly has been, uh, not that that had, didn't happen before, but it's been just in time and we've been able to, to um, address some of the issues that might've come up as well. So being a, a nimble organization, I think during this time has really been, um, you know, to my first point as well, uh, just that's, I think, a hallmark of what we've done at BCIT. And, and when I compare ourselves to the experience of other post-secondaries in the province, um, that seems to be our, um, our hallmark of, of our nimbleness and responsiveness. Has there been a particular setback over the, the course of the last year? I mean, I think in the view of most people, this last year has in itself been a setback, but um, obviously there's things that have changed, things uh, that don't go according to plan. Is there one of those that has stood out to you as something you could 
if you could go back and change, you would, you would do again? Well, I think that one of the most um, uh, immediate ones was that way in which um, COVID was announced initially, it didn't allow us time to plan. Uh, although we anticipated it, uh, we actually worked through four days on over a long weekend, I think it was, but it, it wasn't the way that one would typically prepare for uh, uh, something that was coming so quickly. And, it, uh, and there wasn't consistency between the post-secondary uh, institutions at that time in terms of approach. So we took a bold approach and said, safety first, uh, we're going to uh, look at our, our uh, safety as number one and ensuring our students and faculty are, and staff are safe. So we, um, if, if I look back, perhaps should have started that planning earlier. Um, and to allow the preparation for, for all the parties, including students, to uh, know what was coming. We were one of the first couple out of the door to say that um, we would be going to online and so on. But, um, uh, you know, in hindsight, it would have been better to have had that announcement out a lot earlier. And more importantly, to have the collaboration with all the parties in uh, in terms of student body and faculty and so on, to have some time for preparation, it was quite a, a shock. But it was across the system as well. So, indeed, one of just shifting away from kind of the management of all that's been going on and more uh, towards the students. Um, one of the consistent things I've heard from students is a feeling of despair, and and it varies in sense. So. Um, it can't just be like that they don't feel like it's ever, this is ever going to end um, to, you know, there's some serious mental health problems going on and this the whole thing is compounding them to uh, they just want to get a job or want to see their friends and it's, they're just going a little stir crazy. Um, with all that going on, uh, what do you think students should be hopeful for or looking for to uh, coming from BCIT, coming from within our community? Well, I, I definitely recognize the impact from a mental health perspective and, and uh, the, for students and for everyone really. Um, and just to do a little bit of a shout out before I look to the future is we have a, a number of mental health support uh, mechanisms set up for students and I, I just can't encourage them enough to access them. There's no shame in doing so. This is a time where we all need support and, and it is a long, long road. And we, and we really don't know the outcome until, you know, yet. So um, please, uh, you know, take advantage and uh, just it's there for the use and, the, and there's experts there to help and support, uh, support students. So, uh, and if, there's, if there are services from a mental health perspective that we're missing, then would really like to know uh, so that we can provide them quickly. Um, but going um, back to your question, so people should be hopeful for uh, coming back to campus uh, and um, being safe for sure. Um, as we go forward, and we'll need to prepare for that. Uh, as you know, the public health officer, uh, Bunny Henry, has indicated that post-secondaries will open up again in the fall. 
um, we'll watch that. It's, it's a very changing landscape, so we'll have to be um, mindful of that. And, and students should expect that we will be delivering our quality educational programs that we have before and, and some new initiatives as well. So, um, so looking forward to that and also making sure that they understand it, it will be safe. You know, that's probably one of the key measures and we will make it as safe as possible. And if, it's, if, it, if there's a break in our protocols, we'll deal with it uh, right then. So not to, that should not be number one issue for them. What I would hope they could do, uh, the students will, could do that would be helpful for uh, their success is to be, become vaccinated. Um, to truly get vaccinations done so that they're safe, um, not only at BCIT, but of course, on an ongoing basis. Um, and that will help uh, ensure that their faculty members are feeling comfortable as well um, in their situ situation, as you can appreciate in trades and other areas, it's, it's close uh, contact. And uh, so that's, that's important. But um, uh, I think you'll see some new programming uh, in key areas. And uh, BCIT just recently received some money from the province uh, for micro-credentials, um, which is a key area for us and an area that we, we're quite excited about. Um, we think that we've got, um, uh, you know, we can build on the industry relevance we have and, uh, and provide some programming on a micro-credential basis that's quick, uh, it's credentialed, um, and it's recognized. And so not just for students who are at BCIT, but for those who maybe have lost their jobs and want to return and start to look at a different area. So Tom Romer, our VP academic, is uh, leading that. Uh, we've been extremely successful on a provincial, on a uh, funding basis with the government, and uh, um, now we're we're busy starting to implement that. And and I can give you some numbers just to give you an example of the first call out if that would be of interest to you. I uh, brought them along. So of the of the um, institutions um, that have gone forward. Um, 14 institutions provided about 23 different programs across the province, just as an initial tranche. The ones we did at BCIT are called First Skills for the Digital World, and uh, over 452 students enrolled in that. Uh, Essentials in Natural Resource and Environmental Protection, uh, 71 people in, are enrolled in that. And then the last one, we, we were only allowed to do a certain number the initially, introductory studies in mass timber construction, 205 uh, students enrolled in that. So that gives you a sense, it's fast, it's com compact, and uh, the completions um, would be done, or were done by um, March 31st. So it's, that's an example of one of the changes that uh, students can expect to see of offerings and we'll be continuing on um, working on, on different approaches as we go forward. We need to stay very relevant and on side with industry. And if industry needs resources in terms of, um, of uh, people and skills, then we want to be the solution for them. Absolutely. Do you expect a, a full-scale normal return to campus where we're we don't have barriers and we don't have masks, or is it going to be there's still a lot of protocols, safety protocols in place, distancing protocols in place, and 
hybrid classes potentially as well? I, I think it will be the latter of, uh, I don't think it will be the way we knew uh, education before the, or the room setups before. I, do, I don't know for sure what the orders will say when we get closer to that time, but uh, I would expect that it will be, um, there'll be restrictions of some sort uh, that will be laid out or, or, or um, key criteria that must be met. And that would be understandable because the worst thing we can do is start a spread again. Um, and go through this time again, which none of us would want to do. Um, so that's, and we have a pretty strong safety view right now. So if anything, um, there's some practices in some of the uh, programs. I think, again, I mentioned the trades as an example because they were the, one of the first adopters of our PPE uh, equipment and, and really have had very few issues thanks to the excellent um, instructors there who and faculty there who've just made sure that that's the case. So um, we'll, we'll watch it uh, and we'll be uh, in touch with the faculty and, and of course, obviously the student body as well as we're going forward. But um, uh, I would expect it would be somewhat reflective of how it is now. It may be, uh, a, you know, there may be other conditions that are put on uh awesome absolutely um so obviously those are you know people don't really want to be wearing masks people don't really want to be behind uh the plastic walls i mean people i think for the most part i haven't heard any complaints about it other than well it sucks but we're happy to do it because we want to be safe yeah. um obviously those are kind of changes we want to go away eventually uh if things are safe enough for us to do so yes. um but you mentioned that there's there's been a variety of changes but i I was curious about one of the changes that may have emerged from COVID-19 that uh, you may have not expected that was a benefit, but perhaps you think should become a, a permanent fixture in our community. So from a COVID perspective, uh, that I think there's probably just awareness, uh, if anything, rather than being prescriptive, but awareness so that people are, are uh, aware of each other's and safety and, and they're considering that would be probably, if I looked at a societal change, I hope that will happen, it's that. Um, and if, why not start it at VCIT? Uh, it's more regard for, for our, our, um, our fellow people around us and making sure that we are continuing to have a safe environment, whatever the orders of the day are. Uh, that we acknowledge it and, and we move forward and, and you know, it, it does, it's not fun. And I know we all would love to just uh, be free from it, but, but really the respect for those who are, are um, uh, alongside on the journey. And that goes for staff and, you know, faculty um, and students as well. It, we just have to, think of, in my view, or I tend to think of uh, BCIT as a community, it's like a little city. And um, if, if we all pull in the same direction, then we'll be safe. And we'll be able to focus on innovative, cool things to do and so on, as opposed to be um, uh, and advancing, you know, so that our students are successful, you know, and, and uh, industry will feel comfortable coming in as well and, and our students 
being welcome to go out to industry also. So those are, um, and in a number of areas that's, you know, in health and in, uh, trades and other, many other areas, uh, every program, you know, that industry connection is important and they need to know that we're, we're following the standards of the day. Absolutely. Um, coming to my final couple of questions here. My first one is obviously we're speaking now midway through April, we're kind of coming up on the last month of schooling as people going to exams, practicums, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously through the summer, people you know work and kind of lose connection to the school community. And that's particularly difficult uh, now with COVID because there's just not that same opportunities to even come hang out on campus uh, as well. So I was wondering if there's anything heading into the summer that you would encourage students to take a look at or uh, maybe get involved. Okay, it's a great uh, question. So I, first of all, to really look at the courses that are coming out. Um, if people are, if students are involved, are interested in micro-credentials, I'd encourage them to explore that. Um, we're, for, we are working on our IT systems, just so you know, I always like to say it, it, um, it's been a journey and, but we're, we're getting there. So I, coming back in September, I think our, Roy Hart, our head of ITS, will probably be able to share with you some of the things that they're doing that will hopefully be a bit more friendly and so on. And the clunkiness uh, continues to be um, removed as, they, as we go forward. Um, I think uh, uh, just to look at the programs and, and talk with the faculty to make sure, you know, that uh, um, that it's aligned and uh, as they would anyway, as that, that would happen, but also to just watch for innovative things to really stay um, and also say what, what um, would be useful for them uh, as a student uh, body. And I, I would rely on the student council to be the real spokesperson for that. Uh, that's critical for us to know. We can plan anything, but you know, if it's not gonna hit, uh, um, the helping the students and supporting them, then then we need to move move the dial on on what it is we're doing. So uh, if it's not effective, uh, for sure, or not seen to be effective, so um, I, I, that's a very strong um, area of interest uh, for me personally. That you know, unless the students feel it's a value, let's not let's not um, be pursuing. Um, initiatives, you know, that are, are don't have meaning and and uh, excitement as you go forward. That was our show for this year. Tune in this summer to hear some of our special episodes where we'll tell you what you need to look forward to in the next year, as well as ways to get involved with the podcast. We want to hear your stories, your experiences, and your thoughts. So feel free to reach out through our anchor page our Spotify page, or at our BCIT Link Magazine emails. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jonah Van Driesem, and this was MicroLink.